Hello and welcome to this episode of Beyond the Bio. Today we're talking all about crisis management and what to do if disaster strikes or even before disaster strikes and how you can be prepared to salvage your reputation should the worst happen. We have the best guest to be advising us on this topic. So today I am delighted to be joined by Jonathan Hemers, who is founder and managing director of Crisis Management Consultancy Insignia. Jonathan works with leaders of businesses around the world to ensure that they have the capability and the confidence to do and say the right things under the intense pressure of a crisis. During his 25-year career, he's advised clients including Anglo-American, Canadian National Railways, Cathay Pacific, DP World, Financial Times, Little and Sky. What a list. Jonathan's also the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, Crisis Proof, How to Prepare for the Worst Day of Your Business Life, which was named as Specialist Business Book of the Year in the 2021 Business Book Awards. Jonathan's also a trusted media commentator on breaking crises for media, including Al Jazeera, BBC TV and Radio, CNBC, CNN, The Daily Telegraph, Management Today, Sky News, The Sunday Times and The Wall Street Journal. Wow, (laughs) he knows his stuff. So let's get stuck in. Hello and welcome, Jonathan Hemers. It is so cool to have you on the bio talking all things crisis management. Welcome. Thank you, Sophie. It's great to be here. Well, to start us off, I think it's really important that you tell us what actually crisis management is and why people need to be aware of it. Okay, so crisis management in simple terms is two things, really. It's being ready for a crisis, because if you haven't done the planning, training and rehearsing beforehand, you're very unlikely to get the response right. But then the second part of it is actually getting your crisis response right. And getting it right also depends on two things doing the right things and saying the right things when under intense pressure. It can be a cyber attack. It can be a product recall. It can be a social media storm. So yeah, crisis management, planning well, responding well, doing and saying the right things. So there's quite a few elements to think about there. So some things that you can prepare for, some things that just might happen as and when, and you might have to be sort of more more reactive to things. When somebody or a company, but maybe let's focus on an individual, but when an individual is facing a reputation crisis, how should they go about selecting the right expert to work with them? I would say, again, being a crisis management expert myself, it's about thinking about it beforehand. One of the keys to success in a crisis is having thought through some of those more challenging scenarios in advance. And one of the key things you need to be thinking about is, if this were to happen, whose support might I need? And it could be lawyers. It could be a great PR consultant. It could be cyber experts. But what you don't want to be doing is searching around for the right advisor when the crisis has happened. Again, this is all part of thinking ahead, which enables you to make a more confident start when the crisis happens. I would say that, yes, bringing in external advisors in a crisis is a good idea because you will be under severe pressure and stress and also sometimes overreacting to the situation. So knowing that you have sounding boards, trusted advisors there who can provide a bit of objectivity and good quality advice can be incredibly 
helpful when you're under enormous pressure. That's such such great advice. And I guess once you're in it, you don't really want to be wasting time trying to find the right person. And, and particularly if you're really under pressure, which you would be in that scenario anyway. So with a clear head, get the planning in, in early on. Are there any examples that spring to mind where you've seen someone have a, a bit of a, a personal branding crisis and, and where effective crisis management has helped to salvage their reputation? Yeah, absolutely. There's a saying from Warren Buffett, the famous investor and business person, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to lose it. And that is why being ready to protect your reputation when the worst happens is so important. And we've seen a number of business people, celebrities, but also people who maybe aren't so high profile, but because of something big that's happened, they have faced a real challenge. And I guess one that's been in the uh, in the news recently, actually for positive reasons, is of course Brand Beckham, David and, and Victoria. And a big part of that Netflix documentary was about how he became public enemy number one after the sending off in the World Cup. But because of what he did and what he said subsequent to that personally a reputation and potentially career-threatening incident, actually, 12 months later, he was the nation's hero again. So I think that's a very good example of doing it right. Of course, other examples of people who have not responded well and whose careers and reputations have been destroyed. So thinking about the Beckhams, because they are very topical, I, I can probably think of quite a few examples where they've done things great, but then they've also you know, not done things so good as well. How do you think they have lasted so long? And, you know, the, I think that documentary is definitely seems to be getting mainly really positive press. So that that would be a, a goal for them. <laughs> Pardon the football pun. It certainly would be. But I guess thinking about, you know, some of the stuff that came out where the affair did he or didn't he and how they handled that and how they've now kind of brought that back up again, which is quite interesting. But then scandals like him after being knighted and the Qatar involvement. It's really interesting, isn't it, to see those ups and downs, yet they're still A-listers, still Bram Beckham, still out there. So a couple of thoughts on that. One of the key principles of crisis management is to shape the narrative, to communicate proactively, to seize the initiative. And that's something that they have always done. And the Netflix documentary is another great example of that. I mean, I think most people are aware, but that film was made by the Beckham's own production company. Now, there's no better way of shaping or influencing the narrative than actually controlling it, producing the program. But, you know, fair play to them. They've got a track record of doing that, being out there communicating, not keeping their heads down. And I think the other thing which comes from good crisis management practice is even in crisis, knowing what the end goal is, where you want to end up when this crisis is over and always looking to the longer-term view rather than making pragmatic, shorter-term decisions. And if there's one thing that we know about the Beckhams, is it's that they do take a long-term view. I'm pretty certain from really very early on in his career that he was looking beyond his career and after he finished playing football. And therefore, I think their focus on the longer-term 
has enabled them not to be derailed by, you know, hurdles along the way. And any, any individual, any business is going to face challenges. It's what you do when they occur that will define whether you're successful in the long run or not. So interesting. They are fascinating. Do you think he'll get his knighthood? Do we? Do you see Sir David Beckham on the cards? In my view, it is inevitable. Let's let's see. But I, I think so. Yes, I think he will. Well, watch this space, eh? So uh, reputational damage obviously can happen very suddenly and often off does. What proactive steps can individuals take to prepare for a reputation crisis before it occurs? So I guess one of the things we've already touched on, which is actually building a strong reputation in the first place, gives you reputational credit in the bank when something goes wrong. If people genuinely know and trust you, they will, particularly if you respond well, forgive you for the odd slip up. So I think credit in in the bank is really important. It's then about thinking ahead of time, what could really threaten my or my organization's reputation? What are some of the most challenging things that could could happen? And then working out how you would respond to them in advance. And I guess the critical piece of advice I would give to anyone or any organization who might be facing a crisis is you have to respond to that crisis in a way which aligns with the values and the reputation that you have espoused beforehand. The organizations and the people that suffer the most are those that have said they're a certain kind of person or certain kind of organization, but their response to the crisis uh, has undermined that. For example, if you've said in your marketing that you are a customer-focused organization, customers come first, if you have a data breach and you don't communicate openly, transparently, and quickly with your customers that whole reputation for being the customer champion is completely destroyed. That's a great example. What do you think? There's just a few examples in, in my head where I've seen scandal online. So through social media, people talking about things people have supposedly done. And then the person in question has just ignored the accusations. What do you think about that as a response? I think it depends. What do I mean by that? What I mean is one of the key parts of crisis management is calibrating your response. Sometimes if two or three random people say something mean about you online, you can overreact and make that criticism from two or three people, maybe with just a handful of followers each, into a situation that far more people are aware of than if you had ignored it. However, if genuinely influential people are criticizing you, or if there is a widespread of people criticizing you online, and in particular, if the accusations are really negative and really damaging, then I would say it is almost always in your best interests to respond. It comes back to shaping the narrative. And uh, if you don't comment on an escalating crisis of that nature, you can be certain that everybody else will and you know everybody else may not have your best interests at heart. So interesting. And, and I guess we just see so many things on social media now where things blow up and they're trending for, for all, all the wrong reasons. So I guess sticking on that theme, obviously, social media can be a bit of a double edged sword, I guess, in a, in a crisis. 
What would your recommendations be for managing negative social media attention and actually turning it into a positive outcome for for someone's personal brand? So, again, I think it starts with the calibrating thing. Make sure that you are facing a crisis rather than just a few mean people having a go at you before you go into full crisis management mode. And what that requires you to do, which I think is another critically important thing, is to be monitoring social media, know what is being said about you both before something breaks. And certainly during the crisis, you need to be understanding who is saying what and is the volume increasing or decreasing. If you have been a regular or prolific social media yourself, then it is very likely that people will expect you to respond using social media. It comes back a little bit to what I was saying before about stay true to your values. If you've been a you know, a social media influencer or just a prolific user, you would expect to respond through the same channel in a crisis. I think it's also in those responses, though, about identifying who are the trolls, who are the people who are just having a go for the sake of it for a bit of sport, and maybe people who are genuinely concerned. Let's imagine you run a, I don't know, a childcare business and allegations have been made about safeguarding at the home or homes that that you run for for childcare, there will be clearly parents who are genuinely concerned. Those are the people you would need to be communicating with really proactively and really openly. The troublemakers or those that are simply whipping up the storm, they may be the ones that you choose to ignore. I've always found it important in a crisis to identify who really matters, who are the people whose trust, confidence and respect we need to retain and focus on them, not just the ones who are noisy, but the ones who actually, in reality, make a difference to my reputation or my business's ongoing success. That's a really great way of looking at it. And I guess if you're in amongst the crisis yourself, you perhaps might not be able to see so clearly. And that's why people like yourself are really helpful in in terms of getting them to work out who those priorities are and and addressing them and kind of ignoring some of the, the noise, I suppose. Yeah, that's really interesting. You were talking about obviously the Beckhams being an example, mostly of doing things well and certainly thinking things through and staying focused on the long term. Can you give any examples of where you've seen things absolutely bomb and it's completely annihilated someone's reputation? Yeah, I'm going to go back to one of the very first people that piqued my interest in crisis management. So with apologies, Sophie, I am going back about, oh, I guess about 30 years now, but it was... I think I know who you're going to say. (laughs) It's a gentleman in (laughs) retail. Are you thinking of the same person? It's a gentleman in retail called Gerald Ratner. So... About 30 years ago, Ratner's was the preeminent jeweler on the high street. They dominated the high street as far as uh, jewellery was concerned, and they were phenomenally successful in all ways. And then one day, Gerald Ratner made a speech at the Institute of Directors at the Albert Hall, and to a crowd of hundreds and thousands of, of business people said... Why do people buy our products, our £2.99 decanter and sherry glasses? And I say to them, they're total crap. His words were, his own products were total crap. How do you sell them for £2.99? They're total crap. 
Now, it was a joke. It was a joke, and it was a joke that he had told many times in the past, but he was seen to be offending and being disrespectful to his customers. And it was the most dramatic example of how one sentence can destroy a business because within 18 months, he was no longer the chief executive nor the chairman. He was no longer with the business. And this is not a chief executive of a PLC. This is the man that owned the business, no longer owned his own business. Sales dived. You know, no one wanted to be associated with buying products that were total crap. So that shows how in a moment, a reputation can be destroyed. And interestingly, I've seen him speak and he's a brilliant speaker. I've also interviewed him. He featured in in my book, Crisis Proof. And one of the analogies he used, I thought was fascinating. And I think this could be really useful to all of us and your listeners in particular. He said, when you're succeeding and everything's going right, it feels like you're riding this bicycle at top speed down a hill. He said, it's exciting. It's fun. Nothing can go wrong. And then all of a sudden, there's a 90 degree right hand bend at the bottom of the hill that you hadn't expected and you fall off your bike. The key is to be prepared for those 90 degree turns, not to become overconfident, not to believe your own PR and be ready for those unexpected challenges that may occur. So it's a really good example of someone losing their reputation, their business. I would say, if you ever get the chance to hear him speak, do so. It's not only a fascinating business story. He's a very engaging and very humorous speaker as well. And he's self-deprecating as well about, about what happened. Yeah, I read his book and I I really enjoyed it for sure. Why do you think it was that that sort of blew up at that point if he told the same joke elsewhere? Good question. The the difference was that he had told the same joke elsewhere, but without the uh, national media being present in the room. So it's about knowing your audience and again, planning for the worst. What if there'd just been one journalist in that room? It's about thinking before speaking and acting and thinking about the downsides of different courses of action, kind of spinning off in a slightly related uh, tangent. Sometimes crises come out of well-intentioned or apparently innocuous activity. So for example, think about your marketing activity. Maybe you're an edgy brand or a, you know, like to take risks. That's fine. But do think through what could go wrong with this advertising campaign or this, you know, social media campaign. Uh, What you might think is fun or a bit cheeky actually, you know, could offend the very people that you don't want to offend. And I think that also comes back to doing things, you know, in line with your brand. Brewdog have done some very controversial advertising Actually, I think that's intentional. I think when they get criticized, they love it. Other organizations that have got a more safe image would probably be ill-advised to take a similar approach. Really great examples. So just before we finish then, me as a, a small business owner who hasn't thought about anything in terms of crisis management, although I probably should because you're my friend and you should be advising me. But someone like me who who owns a, a small but growing business, what kinds of things should I be thinking about or putting in place? What top tips would you give me? 
So first thing, think about what could bring you or your business to your knees or its knees. What are the things that could cause you serious harm? And particularly think about what you as an organization or you as an individual stand for or is, you know, essential to your business success, because those are the things clearly which could do you most harm and therefore need priority planning for. As we talked about earlier, Sophie, think about what would I do if these things happen? For our big corporate clients, we are developing, you know, quite detailed crisis management plans which talk about how we will work in a crisis and providing some of the materials ahead of time. For an individual or a small business, it may not be viable to have a formal crisis management plan, but maybe sit down with with, with the team if there are three or four of you and say, well, if someone did send us a ransomware demand and take down all of our systems, what would we do? Who would we need to communicate with? Well, something about the information commissioner, officer, you might say, how long have we got to communicate with them? Well, that might be worth finding out in advance. And asking yourself simple questions like if we were taken down by a cyber attack and we planned that we're going to communicate with all our clients by email, what about if we can't? Have we got other means of communicating our clients other than email? So think through the likely situations. Think through uh, how we would respond to them. Maybe think about some in-principle decisions in the calm before a crisis. For example, you know, would you pay a ransom or under no circumstances would you pay a ransom? Having those thoughts beforehand are really helpful when you don't want to be having them under pressure during a crisis. And ideally, rehearse your response. Walk through situations so that you get used to working together as a crisis team and so that you've experienced the pressure, do some crisis media training. The more you can feel comfortable or at least confident and capable when the crisis strikes, the more likely you are to succeed and protect your reputation. Love it. You've given me some topics there for our next team day, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. That's really, really, really helpful. Thank you. This has been super interesting because so far on this podcast, we've been covering topics that raise your profile. And I guess what you're telling us today is around how you protect that when things potentially don't go to plan. So a different way of thinking today. And that's been super useful. So thank you so much, Jonathan. In terms of anyone wanting to connect with you, is LinkedIn the best place to find you? Absolutely. And I'm fortunate in having a pretty unique name. So if people look for me under Jonathan Hemus on LinkedIn, they will undoubtedly find me. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that we put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And also you will find a link to Jonathan's best-selling book, Crisis Proof, in there too. That's what it's called, isn't it? It is indeed, Sophie. Thank you for the plug. Excellent. And I do know that because I have a copy on my shelf. It's very good. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you for listening. If you're serious about growing your profile, take our free profile assessment quiz to see where you're at right now and get hints and tips on how to improve your score. You'll find the link to the quiz in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, it would be mint if you'd subscribe, like and leave a review. See you next Monday.